Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Uncle Marv's IT Business Podcast. I am your host, Marvin B. Tonight, we are joined by Ron Cervantes from C Solutions, Inc. in Orlando, Florida. Ron, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Doing good. Fellow Florida man in the house. That's right. And uh, how's the weather up by you today? Uh, if I'm looking at my little weather thing, it's a 76. It's nice, breezy. Okay. I just got back from a track meet for my kids. So uh, I was outside for a little while, and it was, it was pleasant out, nice. Oh, your boys, I saw that on the Facebook, your boys, uh, both boys run track? Yeah, yeah, well, they're twins, so they're, yeah, they're in the same grade. Well, I, and, I know uh, they're twins, but they, well, don't, they don't both have to run track, right? They <laughs> don't, but they, they typically do the same sports, like they do volleyball together, tough and stuff too, but uh, yeah, they run track, they do the same events, um, one's doing shot put and 800, uh, one did 400 and the 4 by 400 relay. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah. Those were my events that I did. Yeah? Yep. I was a sprinter during the school year. I did the, the 100 to the 220 and then the relays. Okay. And then as the summer progressed and we moved into the AAU, I actually, they kept moving me out because I wasn't, I mean, I was fast, but I wasn't fast enough for the AAU, AAU guys. Mm-hmm. So I got moved out to the 400, the 800. I ended up doing the mile. And uh, that's another story, but... Uh, Took, took uh, two state championships home when I was 14. Really? In what? Which one? The 800 and the mile. Wow. Yeah. So they have, so they're in middle school, so it's six, seven, eight, and they have a sixth grader who runs the mile. Uh, he came in at 515 last week. Ooh. 515. That's sixth good. Sixth grader. Yeah, that's good for a sixth grader. Yeah. He just, and he's so relaxed, and he doesn't really even practice with them he runs three five k's a week um and just shows up and just does his thing wow <laughs> all right well yeah it's I crazy guess, i guess i won't be bragging anymore then <laughs> because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my so it's funny that opening that opening song that you have uh, if you, it, it i feel like it's the first time i'm listening to it because it kind of is because Whenever I listen to the podcast from you, I always have it at 1.5, so it sounds much different, which is funny. So it's funny listening to it. At a it does. Speed. It does. <laughs> it, it sounds a little deep, 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 deep. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, all right. So, Ron, we are here. And for those of you that are watching, thank you for joining us live. For those of you listening, of course, thank you as well. But this is the live show that we do just about every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. We stream live on Facebook, YouTube. And at some point soon, we will be streaming live on LinkedIn. So I am working on that as well. And thank you for joining us. If you are here uh, at any point, join us in the chat. If you have any questions or comments, if they're appropriate, we will respond. Hello, Mr. John Reed. And uh, just like that, thank you for watching and listening. This is, once again, the IT Business Podcast where we provide product stories and tips in an effort to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. And this podcast is presented by our good friends at NetAlly. NetAlly for 25 years has been your trusted friend for helping you 
troubleshoot, diagnose, deploy, anything that you need to do with wired and wireless networks. From planning and deployment to ongoing network troubleshooting, tools like the Air Magnet, the Etherscope, the Link Runner, all basically help you look at your network in as little as 10 seconds. I love those tools. This live show is being sponsored by our friend John Reed there and Computers Done Right. So if you are in need of an MSP service, John and his crew over at Computers Done Right can help you in that regard. Thank you very much to our sponsors. Uh, Before we get too far into the night, I want to make sure I do at the front of the show what I usually do at the end of the show, and that is remind you of some things happening in our industry and channel, one of which is the event that has become known as the Tech to Tech Conference this September 16th through 18th in Chicago. Our good friends over at MSP Unplugged are presenting TechCon Unplugged, and that is going to be in Rosemont, Chicago. Uh, Rosemont, Illinois. Chicago's another city in Illinois. And it is going to be at the Hilton Rosemont Chicago O'Hare. So if you head over to TechCon Unplugged now, there are still tickets available. And you will have coverage for all of the events, all of your meals, and they will be A++ in that regard. Ronnie, you going to TechCon this year? I got my ticket already. Oh, you the man. All right. I got it. I'm ready to, well, not ready to go. I didn't book a room or flight, but I got my ticket. <laughs> All right. I will be there as well. Yeah. Let's see. What else should I talk about here? You know, when I was uh, reaching out to you about uh, the show, so today I spent a lot of time uh, looking for hotels. And guess what weekend we were looking for? Memorial Day. July 4th. Oh, July 4th. Okay. Yes. So my family, <laughs> for the first time ever, is trying to put together a reunion. And this is a reunion that we were going to do originally in 2020. What was but, going on then? Why didn't you have it? Well, you know, you know, COVID. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, we were going to do it in Louisiana. And so we couldn't do it in 2020. We pushed it back to 2021. Still couldn't do it. And this year we were all set to do it, but mom came down with the cancer. Yeah, so I about that. everybody decided, well, rather than trying to make her go out to Louisiana, why don't we move the conference closer to here? So Orlando came up. So, of course, this decision was made less than a week ago. Mm. <laughs> so now we are scrambling to try to find uh, a hotel or place with enough rooms to handle somewhere between 30 and 50 people on that weekend. So if you uh, have a place for us, Ron, we'd like to you know, pay you to stay there. <laughs> <laughs> you could all pack in here. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Put some tents in the backyard. Yeah. I mean, yeah that, uh, that won't work. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's uh, go ahead and get into some tech. Get right to it. Let's first start with a week in review. So how have things been going for you and what's been happening? Uh, things have been going good. Um, I'm, I've started to dip my toes in with uh, Nerdio a little bit. Oh. Yeah. 
uh, I don't know if there are any, any Nerdio users out there or what their experience is. And so I have two clients that use QuickBooks and they do not want, neither of them want to move to QuickBooks online, but they want QuickBooks to be more accessible. And so I started to think about options for it and, and settled on Nerdio as a possible solution for them. Uh, one of them is a nonprofit. And so they qualify for $3,500 a year in Azure services, which would cover their Nerdio bill. And so I went with them. I have them. They're not live yet, but they are all set up and ready to go. I've done all the testing for that. Um, and so getting, you know, getting going with Nerdio is a, is a new experience for me. Um, I worked quite a bit with AWS, so I know how some of that stuff works. Um, the terminology and you know, the resource groups and setting up all of the virtual next networks and all that stuff is a little bit different for me. Nerdio does make it, you know, that again, there are services there to help simplify that process, but I still, you know, had myself feeling like a, like an idiot quite a few times for setting things up and I'm not thinking. And because basically I set up a whole new uh, domain controller in the cloud. They, the client themselves are a Google workplace environment. So I did to set up a, a 365 environment from scratch and then set up Active Directory Sync from that cloud DC to their new 365 tenant <clears throat> and then create all their session hosts and stuff. So they are running, well, I, I think it used to be called WDI, Windows Desktop Infrastructure, maybe. And now it's ADI or AVI. They change the terms. Yeah, they change it all the time, and I I haven't used it. Uh, So now here's the question. I was going to ask that question. So mm -hmm. you're doing their QuickBooks up there, but are you actually moving any more of their applications so that they're just running entirely in the cloud? No. So they have a a, for their file services is um, they have a file server, which is just the the Synology NAS that's on premise there, and so they'll continue to work from that. Another thing for them is they have a third party that is going to do bookkeeping for them. And so they wanted to get QuickBooks out as well. They didn't want the person coming directly in through the VPN from there. Okay. Um, so I do have them, or you know, they wanted to have it posted out there as well. So what I ended up doing, though, is um, I set up a VPN connection from Azure directly to their internal firewall so that if they wanted to go full desktop from there, they could. Um, and so they have all of their drives mapped as though they're connected within the office and we've just got a constant VPN connection going directly back to their office, which was kind of cool. All right. So they're only using it for the QuickBooks then? Correct. Yep. But if they need to access files f- from within their office, they have complete access to them if they need to. Okay. Uh, but they do, you know, they, uh, it, it's a full desktop that's running there and it's not, RDP. I mean, obviously, you do kind of RDP into it in a sense, and it's a different client that is provided to get into it. Um, but it's a full desktop infrastructure that's there. So if you turned on YouTube and played a video, there's no blur. It's like you're walking, watching on your own PC. Um, it, it's just it's a full environment that's there. Printing works great. Redirects right to it. And um, so I, I could definitely see a future where people are just going to start getting or having as an option of just getting a, a, a dumb PC, even a Chromebook, as long as it, can, it has the RDP capability and have everything just sitting out there accessible and who cares what you're using to access it. Right. Um, so I can, I can see that at some point being a, an attractive option. 
All right. Now, I've not spoken with the Nerdio people, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I probably should ask them. No, nope, uh, ask away. But I'll see what I can do. Is, is, is all of this infrastructure inside of their data centers, or are they leveraging no. other data centers? No. Everything is Azure-based. Okay. So it's basically a simplified version of Azure that's there. So what happens is they created their own web application. This is my understanding. They created their own web application. It runs on my subscription in Azure, right? So I get a bill for hosting this application. I'm paying for that. And it's not that much. It's not that bad. And if you, you, know, if you have an action pack, it should cover that cost. You, know, you get that $100 credit with Action Pack for Azure. And so it pretty much covers that. Um, and so in that environment, it's a web application that runs, that will hold the management of all of your clients that you go, that you, know, that you put on for, for, uh, for Nerdio. So it, within that portal itself, you would add your client and then set up all of their environments and all that stuff. And you, so you can kind of, it's just a single area that you can break down for each one of your clients that you can get into and manage their environment from there. Um, and so I think one of the biggest benefits of there is, is, is the scalability of it. So I, I, you know, I turn off the resources um, at night during off hours and turn them back on. That saves them some money and you can schedule all of that from within Nerdio. Um, and I, I think it's just basically taking some of the noise out of, I mean, if you, if you know Azure and you know it well, then you could probably just handle it all there but this does ha- provide a nice consolidation um, of that and so while i'm not billing anything through to the nonprofit, the next client that i'm going to be doing i should start next week with that um, i will purchase the azure subscription um, through pax 8 and so i can upsell that to them which i plan to do and so it, it, it'll help with the billing of all that stuff where I can bill out for that and then provide the service um, on their subscription. Okay. So you're not purchasing your Azure stuff through Nerdio. That's just, they're just the platform and they help you get it That's set correct. up. So you're yep. still doing all of your own purchasing and reselling of AWS, which you said is through PAX 8. So for, you're for Azure, for Azure. For yes. Azure. Okay. Now yes. you're not for profit. So you're using your Action Pack license to to host them, and they're no. they're getting a grant that they're using to pay you. I'm using the Action Pack to pay for the Nerdio service that runs on my subscription. Okay, and the, the nonprofit has their own subscription of which their um their 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 whatever you call it the the credit that they get for their for being a nonprofit. That's all covered in that on that end. So what what is on my subscription is the Nerdio platform itself that runs, which runs a SQL server and uh, a web service that is running and manages all of the clients that you would load in there. So if I had more clients, I'm just going to load them all in there, and the application will continue to get larger. Does that right. make sense? So, so you load Nerdio for you, mm-hmm. and then you can access all of your clients from there. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. And the not-for-profit, are they getting their money through TechSoup? No, they actually got, they had to apply for it directly through Microsoft. So they went straight through Microsoft. Um, they got, like I said, $3,500 a year. They're five, help me out here. Is that 501, 501c3? 501c3, yep. Yes, that's what they are. So 
they got um, $3,500 a year in Azure credit. They, they buy that, they get, in, they get access to a portal. So it is a nonprofit special portal for 365. And all that does is it unlocks nonprofit SKUs for them. So they automatically get 10 licenses if they want for free. Well, yeah, for free of 365 business premium. And then if they needed additional licenses of business premium, I think it's like $5 a license, something like that. All right. We're going to have to talk off air because I've got a not-for-profit that is. So they're the ones that are moving into a new building. I don't know how much of the podcast you've you've caught up with. No, I listen. Is this the one that, that, that you're housing stuff for them? Yes. Got it. So I listen. I listen, man. I listen. All right. Um, So their six machines are here and their servers here. Their phones are here until they move into the new building. But we are thinking about why don't we just move them to the cloud Mm -hmm. and that way they don't have to worry about it. Now, obviously we'll take their phones back. Uh, They're actually waiting to hear if they get grant money. Um, They put in, I think for $25,000 grant. So that would pay for, you know, the hardware and stuff. But if I could translate that into, you know, a deal like Nerdio, I would look to do that. So that's a yeah. consideration. I'll see if I can find the the link. Um, I'm going to see if I can dig up the link for you and I can send that to you um, after the show. All I did is I sent it to the client. I said, please fill this information out and uh, let me know if you have any questions. And so she just went through. And when she unlocked that portal, I had her add me in as an admin. And I just went off and away on that. All right. Interesting. And the reason I asked about the tech soup, because that's how they get all of their stuff. So everything we've done in the past, yeah. even, even though I supply the hardware, they get all of their Microsoft licensing, all of the, you know, Adobe, QuickBooks, everything is through TechSoup. Yeah, they get all their, they get their QuickBooks from TechSoup. Um, I do have their Bitdefender Gravity Zone from, from TechSoup. Um, but they, they did, I believe they did buy their Office 2019 Pro Plus, but it's the like the it's not it's the full version it's not the subscription like they you know and so um they have just that part for the software assurance if you will like i suppose they could probably could have purchased um cuz you do have to pay for your license right your server license if you have a server hosted in the cloud it'll save a little bit of money if you pay for the license right um and so if they if they do have software assurance for any license keys you can definitely throw them up in azure and and that saves some money as far as that goes. Yeah, well, Microsoft has um, an agreement with TechSoup. I'm just looking on their site as we talked because they do have server solutions. And they've got um, they've got Azure DevOps Server. Oh, I'm sorry. It says discontinued. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll uh, find you the link that was provided to me, and I'll, I'll, I'll share that with you. Okay. I'll look at that. But they do have, yeah, they've got Windows Server. Oh, why is, it all says discontinued. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like they were pulling quite a few things. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. Discounted. (laughs) (laughs) He puts his glasses on. I put the glasses on. So, yeah. So, they have Windows Server. uh, Yeah, okay. Data Center. I was looking to see if they had Azure stuff in here. Uh, But it looks like they do have everything in here discounted. I mean, the Windows Server standard, I'm not going to say. I can say the price. Like, 93 bucks. Mm -hmm. So... Very interesting. All right. Yeah, we'll definitely talk. So my, my, where I'm at right now is I need to decide 
whether I want to or should, well, I probably should, but um, my RMM tool and uh, um, yeah, Diana just said they get uh, 365 prizes premium free for 10 users. Yep, yep. They got that. Okay. Yep. Um, so my, uh, what was I just going to say? Oh, so I was in my RMM tool that I would have to deploy onto the virtual desktops if I were, if they were, you know, to, to truly have them, if I want to lock them down. And basically my RMM tool is going to be deploying, you know, uh, the security stack that I have on there. And you can't install it directly on the the session itself. You have to have the session host deploy it out itself in it. So you have to push it out through PowerShell, which is not my strength. So I need to figure out how to deploy out my RMM um, through the session host. Because it's not like you can just... Because if you... It, it is similar in the way of a terminal server that if you install the software on the host, it becomes available for anybody that logs into it. Same thing with, you know, the, the RMM tool or anything like that. So it'll get deployed to um, the session host itself or the, uh, not the session host, the, the sessions, if you will, okay. the individual ones. So that's my next little step there, but it's not, I'm not going to let it hold me back from pushing it out to them. But I'll figure it out. Okay. So another thing I heard about Nerdio is that they can walk you through the entire process or have people to do it for you. So was that something you looked at or is this something that you said, you know what, I know enough that I think I could do it myself and see how it goes? That's funny. Um, First of all, my experience has been positive. Let me just preface that with that. My experience has been positive. Um, They... I, they never offered once to do anything for me. Oh. Never once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, what happens is you sign the contract and say, okay, we're ready to go. They, they, they hand you off to what they call a GLE, a go live engineer. And so the first thing that happens is I get on the call with them and he's, you know, he's sharing his screen and he shows me a pie chart, right? And it's, it's an entire pie chart. And he says, all right, so basically it's like this, right? The small, tiny little part. He goes, this is what we're responsible for. You're responsible for the rest of it. Wow. He goes, so in the, basically it, it falls underneath the, the, the deployment, the infrastructure, the management, the, you know, all of that stuff. So he says, that he, and he, he stressed to me, he's like, look, you know, if, if you have trouble with, with trying to make something sync or something's not loading up, and even though it might fall a little bit underneath, maybe management of a DC or something like that, and I'm not just going to say you're on your own, go do, you know, fi- figure it out. We'll, we'll try to help you as much as we can, but really this is going to be the scope of our work to help you through um, uh, the deployment of your, your entire environment and all that stuff. So, um, so they're just renting space is what it is. <laughs> They There's, are, yeah. We're, we've got the storage unit right here. You fill it up however you want. We'll just make sure it doesn't, you yeah. know, fall down they and pro- crash. They provide some guidance. Um, they provided me a Teams channel, and my deployment was done 100% through Teams communication After at that point. So I talked with the person for 20 minutes, and then he was like, okay, I'm going to give you access to the Teams channel. I will put a bunch of links in there that will help you through each phase of what you're going to complete. And uh, I ask questions at every step of the way. Um, uh, probably some stupid questions in there, I know. <laughs> and, um, and, and so if I finally got through it, and uh, it took a little while. I think if I knew what I was doing from start to finish, deployment could probably be done in four to five hours. I probably did it over the span of about four days, 
I'd say. Um, some of it was you click a button and you click OK, and it basically tells you come back in two to three hours and then proceed on from there until you wait till some of the stuff's built out. But um, so, yeah, my, my experience was positive, uh, very responsive in the team's environment as far as that goes. And I sent some screenshots. I never had to talk to anybody or call for support or anything like that. Um, and uh, but yeah, so I did never once offer say, hey, if you want us to do everything for you, let us know. We'll take care of it. I never got any of that. And <laughs> okay. so I was surprised. I'd be surprised if that existed. I I just offered their services <laughs> without checking first, but for, for some reason I thought they did that. But maybe I misheard them at a conference or. I, I mean, that salesperson got fired. If they had a different experience, or, yeah. If they had a different experience, or you know, whatever. But I mean, here's the thing. So this is my fault, and I I know I missed something. I I don't think it's on them, but you know, I had all this set up, and and part of this is like I want to make sure I don't want to lose money on this, obviously, right? And yep. ideally, it's, you want to make things life easier for your life easier for your client, and if you can make some, obviously, the goal is to make money off of it. Uh, the nonprofit is a little bit difficult. You know, they've got their credits. So uh, I'm basically just charging them what Nerdio charges me, which I think is like 60 bucks a month for, for that stuff, right? For their, their, it's a monthly service that, you know, that, that's just what they charge. And so um, it didn't click in my head that the Nerdio portal, that whole environment that I have was on my subscription. Like I wasn't putting two and two together and they probably explained it and I missed it. I'm, I'm putting this on me. But then all of a sudden I got the bill and I said, what the heck? <laughs> I got a bill from Azure, you know, and it's like a hundred some odd dollars. And I'm like, what happened here? And so I was able to scale the instance down a little bit because I don't need it as large as it is. And that should be fine. And then I have my uh, action pack credit that will pretty much cover it. But it was, that was a little bit of a surprise for me where, you know, you, again, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like, uh, I don't know, if you have Bitdefender and you, you sell the licenses to it, so you're paying for the licenses, but then they're also charging you for access to their portal, mm. you know, right? Um, and I get it, you know, it, it, but it's on my subscription. So it, it's for me, it, it's basically my hosted environment that I'm paying for myself. So um, it, it would be worth it. So I, I'd say for anyone, just be aware of that. And if you have a handful of customers that are going to be getting on it, um, you know, have them lined up because it's going to be worth it more, the more you get on there. All right. For sure. Something to think about. And I wasn't ready to be talking to them until much later this year, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. But in terms of, oh, they have plans and pricing up here. Okay. Not too bad. Four. So they've got on their site, They've got Nerdio Manager for enterprise plans and pricing. Mm-hmm. So standard is $3, enterprise is 7 They're premium. And then they have Nerdio Manager for MSPs. Yes, and that's, the, that, that's what we get. That's what we would get. Okay. Yeah. So basically, basically, it seems like they could just sell it to anybody. So if you, had, if you worked the IT department for a company that you worked for, then you would get one of those other subscriptions. and then that would be on uh, that or the Nerdio subscription itself. And then it would be for that company's uh, Azure subscription and they would host it for that. And it would be like a single whole content thing. So the Nerdio manager for the MSP is, would be, is, is what I have right there, which they don't have pricing for that, right? The manager? Yeah. I think that was under the, well, it's Nerdio manager for enterprise. And they have the standard and the premium. And then when you go down to MSPs, 
says Nerdio Manager for MSP. Okay. So starting at $12 per user, but then they say the base price of $60 per month. Correct. For each customer environment you manage. Yeah. And I think that's up to 20. I think 20. I thought it was 10. 20. Yeah. 20 Windows 365 or five AVD licenses. Oh, five AVD. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Because I have 10 for another one. So right. that's why they're 100. That's why they're 120. Yep, so, what's the right. difference between the 365 and the AVD? Um, or is that what you were saying? They changed the acronym and. No, 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 no. Uh, the AVD is, is the actual full desktop infrastructure. What'd you say? Read back again, the 365 one. It was. Um, the license was for 20 Windows 365. Oh, or, okay, okay. Or so 5 a- AVD. All right. So, I think. I could be wrong, but I think the Windows 365 would be if it was almost just like a personal desktop, but is not necessarily hooked up to a network. So if you had people that just wanted cloud desktops, that would be that. Um, And then the AVD would be a full infrastructure, again, like a remote desktop environment, but it's a full desktop within there. All right. Well... Nerdio, if you're listening, or if anybody is associated with Nerdio, wants to uh, reach out to me at itbusinesspodcast.com, send me an email, and yeah. we can, I get those yeah, questions clear, answered. Clear up everything I've gotten wrong. <laughs> Hopefully not. No, you probably got it right. I'm the one that's been slow to the cloud game here for a while, so I have not done any Azure, uh, any AWS outside of mm-hmm. my backup products. So I am doing a lot of the backups. I uh, also am moving a lot of my stuff to Synology. So I'm mm-hmm. doing the backups to uh, some of the, I'm not doing it to the AWS, but I'm doing it to the Synology C2 and Wasabi. Yep, same here, same here. Did you see uh, PAX 8 is about to offer AWS services? No, I did not. Yeah. Uh, I thought I saw that yesterday, the day before, when you signed into Pax A, they said that it was coming. Um, well, so I, I'm, I, I'm, I've been a Pax A partner, but I don't purchase anything through Pax A. Oh, not even your 365 subscriptions? No. So I'm using because oh, you do App River, right? So App I mean, River, and yeah, I'm doing right. my I'm doing my internal stuff with my Action Pack. Okay. Which um, which I almost switched. I'm getting. So I don't know if you ran into this issue. So I've been getting action packed for years, mm-hmm. but I was doing my email through my own hosted exchange. Well, not hosted, but I had small business server for, you know, such a long time. So I hosted my own exchange server here and we just did everything that way. Mm-hmm. And when I finally got rid of my SBS server, I went to finally do 365 and I did it through my action pack. And apparently the, the date that you do your action pack subscription is one date. Mm-hmm. The date that you activate your 365 is another date. And they weren't matching. And so for the last, I don't know, three or four years, my action pack was renewed in September, October. It's actually October, but you got 30 days before is your window that you can do it. Yes. But my 365 would always uh, stop at the end of March. That's 
but it's weird because you go ahead. But what would happen is, is the, the product key, even though it would say in my partner benefits that I was good through September yeah. or yes, October, yes. Yeah. it would stop. No, nope, I never experienced that. And I couldn't put it in and I'd always have to contact them. And, you know, and I finally said, look, can't we find a way to make these match up? Yeah. And the Microsoft person this time, this last time, I finally said, look, you either do it or I'm ripping out this stuff. I'm going to go to App River. And they said, well, we'll do this as a courtesy. <laughs> I'm like, courtesy? <laughs> I'm paying for this thing. And you're, it's, it was a big mess. But supposedly yeah. it's supposed to now all finally sync up. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I did a thing where I, the first time I signed up for Action Patch, I actually I accidentally did it with my personal email and not my business email. And that was a hairball to switch. Um, but I've never had, uh, when I get the action pack, the product key, I, when I enforce, you know, threw it in there and all that stuff, it's always lined up as far as the renewal dates and all that stuff. I have not experienced that. I don't, huh, I don't, that's I interesting. Don't, I don't know how it happened, but it just did. And, and for the first, you know, like I said, it was, it's been, this is probably like year four or five. And the last few years, I would just, you know, I'd spend an hour each day sending emails to Microsoft and, chat messages and then they would yeah they would reactivate it but this time they actually gave me a new product key and it was funny i had to go to a special site <laughs> they gave me the key and it took me to a special site to do the setup but i'm like i don't want to reinstall everything they're like no 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 no. this is just to activate the key huh and, and then i said is this going to now match up and she goes well no and i said well that's the whole point of me contacting you is to say, let's get this done. All right. Well, as a courtesy, this one time. And I'm like, you know what? I've been a partner for freaking 20 plus years. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to, you're going to disrespect me by saying as a courtesy, mm, man. So it was fun. All yeah. Right. Let's just see what, what, what PAX 8 is, is going to support with AWS. Um, I have a, it's, an, it's kind of like an indirect client. It, it's a company that I've had partnered with for a while. They build web applications, like large ones, for clients. And so I help them manage their their infrastructure for anything that they have to host. So they they've had, they used to have a couple, bunch of servers with Rackspace, and they've moved a lot of them over to AWS. So I've, I, I'm fortunate that I get to dip my hands into AWS as much as I do. You know, I... I'm, getting some, you know, some experience of playing around with it and all that stuff. So it's, it's cool to dig in there with um, dealing with ADS and the EC2 and the S3 buckets and doing all that, all that, you know, digging around. Um, I had a head slap moment. I screwed up on something where um, they, the, one of their clients was basically asking, what have we, what has done has been done to secure our environment? And they just had a bunch of those typical security questions. Are you, is logging enabled? What, what kind of disaster recovery plan do you have on this and all that? And so on, on a couple of their buckets, uh, we, you know, we didn't have versioning turned on and we normally don't for the most part for them. And so we turned on versioning and then when we turned on versioning, you know, AWS says, you should enable a lifecycle rule because basically you don't want to keep versions forever. And you just want to say, look, keep the last 30 days and right. purge anything older than that. So just like Azure, AWS, their lingo, I know it might, it might just be me. I don't know, but I find it all very confusing, but long story short, 
I actually told the lifecycle rule to delete any current file that is 30 days or older. And so it wiped the bucket. Um, Yes. And um, so I had this heads up like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Um, And there's no way to really test the rule. You'd have to obviously keep your, make a, a duplicate of the bucket and do a lifecycle rule there and see what happens. But, and, and reading it now, I'm like, I don't know how I could have done that. But in the moment, I, I, I just the way that I read how their, their documentation, it's just so painful to get through. And I misunderstood something. And yeah, so um, it was one of those things where I, I, I was just pretty embarrassed, you know. Um, but so was, we this, were able to get, was this bucket part of the backup that you were doing from the Synologies or was it something? Separate? No. So the particular client, they sell art. They sell art and, and in you the deleted bucket, all their art. <laughs> I deleted all their art. Yeah. So it was all images and stuff, uh, images, PDF files. And, um, uh, well, actually I think that back, it was not, so there are two buckets. One of them is their actual website, which is not as big. Their visit, like their actual website. So S3 can actually host a static website. The other bucket was all their art. The nice thing is, is that I actually screwed it up so bad that the lifecycle rule did not even take effect in that bucket. It took effect on the website bucket. So it was easily recovered, um, but it could have been a lot worse. Mm. So, um, but yeah, it was a little embarrassing. And that's one of those things I'm like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Yeah, those so. are, those are tough. I mean, so when I was doing the Synology stuff and you have the, so, and, and I don't know if you're doing this, so the things that I'm playing with in terms of backup. So I'm doing uh, the, what is it? The snapshot replication. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that during the day. So okay. that, you know, some places it's every hour, some it's every two hours. So that way, if there's a, you know, somebody deletes a file, I just go back to the previous hour or whatever. What do you, what do you do in the snapshot with not C2, right? Is no, it I'm doing separate? it. It's in this inside the Synology. Mm, I got to so, look because so, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, there's a snapshot replication app. So I'm doing that. And then I'm using the hyper backup to actually okay. throw it up to the cloud. So, uh, and that usually runs, depending on the client, and anywhere from you know, 8 p.m. to midnight where it actually mm-hmm. loads up the cloud. So the snapshots have their own retention so, policy. And they're, so they're local, though. They're local, right? Yeah, those are local. Yeah, okay. Uh, but you can, you can back those up, too, but I don't know why. I don't. Okay. Um, and then I do the hyper backup at night, and you can do versioning with that or retention with that. So okay. it's almost redundant to do another versioning in the S3 buckets, which Wasabi, both Wasabi and the C2 mm-hmm. give you that option as well. Do you turn on the recycle bins for your file shares on the, the Synology? I do. And I'm actually tweaking how many to keep because I just went back and cleaned out like, <laughs> like five terabytes of my, of my one client that. Yeah, it's just I'm I, like, why I think, am I keeping all this? Right. I think for that, so that I think that you can create a scheduled task within yeah. the Synology and, and then you can tell it well, what to keep for the. Um, yeah. So I did that for the first time. I mean, that's the one I had to clean out. That's the one they've, they've got a, I think we've got them. Let's see. They're, they're four by eight. So whatever, 24 terabytes of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I looked one day, I was, you know, they were almost 50% full. And I'm like, they're not, they're not using that much stuff, <laughs> but it was yeah, all, yeah. it was all the recycle bin. 
Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 I just came across one just yesterday. Um, so the, uh, they, they, it's not, I guess I could supposedly call it break fix, I suppose, cause I'm not managing anything for them, anything for them, but I know that they needed some stuff. They had someone in house that was taking care of things for them that also did, you know, worked within the business. You know, we come across that all the time. The person's no longer there and he's not that helpful with providing what he had for documentation and stuff. And so I, I talked to the owner two months ago and I got access to, uh, um, cause they have a unified gateway there and a couple of access points and then they have a Synology NAS. So I got access to the unified gateway. That's all fine. But I told him, I said, I don't know what's going on with the NAS. I don't have access to it. And, um, you know, I want to make sure that it's getting backed up, that things are healthy, all that stuff. He's like, yeah, 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 I'll get it to you. I said, and I kept doing it cause he were in a networking group. And so every time I see him, I said, I still want to get access to that whenever you get a chance. Okay. 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 And I said, cause I don't want something to happen. And yesterday something happened. Oh. And of course I get the panic call, you know, I can't get into it. Nobody can access it. Um, I don't know what happened, but ultimately, after they reset the switch, it came online. Um, and he never did get the login for it, so I just did the paperclip thing. I went on site yesterday and uh, did the paperclip thing, reset it, and was able to get in, turn on all the security features. It did not have it had uh, had redundant NICs plugged in, but they were not bonded, and they neither of them had a static IP, which was weird because he kept connecting to this, he swears he kept it connecting to the same IP for years, which I'm like, I don't think you have it, but <laughs> so I just, I bonded them, gave it an IP, said alright, connect with all this all the time. Um, it hadn't been backed up locally in over two years. It thinks there was a USB drive attached, but it's not anymore. Um, and then they have everything backing up cloud to some sort of a google drive that someone set up at some point um but yeah they have 10 gig of storage on it and i'm like there's no way that that's all you um and so i went through the recycle and set up a rule and i got to go back into it and see what it goes down to after it gets cleared out so this guy had it there for two years and basically what did he try to do set it and forget it yeah pretty much yeah yeah, there wasn't a whole lot done to it. It was it was like everything was done halfway. Um, you know, I, like the security advisor that they would say that's within Synology. I'll always just run that just to see and right. I'll do what they recommend. And none of that was done. Um, uh, well, SSH. Was it even on the latest uh, DSM package? It was, yes. It was okay. set to auto-update. Not 7, but, you know, 7, you have to put it on there if you want it to. Right. Uh, but it was it was up-to-date. That was already, like, Auto updates were done, so that was at least good. Um, it wasn't set up to notify anybody if a hard drive failed. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole much to, to set up with them, and then all they're using it for is really a file server anyways. Um, but, yeah, it's always just interesting to get in to see what other people have done or what they haven't done and just trying to to do what's right. Now, if it was a file server, so did they have a domain controller also? Because I no, so they were getting the IPs from the firewall. The uh, yes, yeah, okay. the um, the the Unify gateway would be responsible for that, correct? And they were so it sounds like so they were a work group, or yep. okay. they're all Macs. They're all Macs, so they would just do the connect to server type of deal and then sign in with whatever user account was associated for the share, but they all use the same share. There's, there's nothing really right. complicated about it. 
Okay. So I just played with uh, Synology uh, Directory Services mm-hmm. for the first time about, I guess, going on two weeks ago. And we had a client that, uh, one of my, my client that split. Yeah. So the ones that left, instead of, you know, building them a, a completely new server, I just put a Synology in. And we turned on directory services, and we created a domain with the Synology. And I just set up their users. And, I mean, it's not, you know, full-blown active directory, but it was enough to work and do all the stuff that they need. My understanding is that the AD inside of it is pretty much the equivalent of 2008 R2, whatever that state was, I think. Um, I've thought about doing that for a client because I'm, I'm, I mean, there's so many clients I'm just trying to get servers out of the office. I really, I really do want to do that because it, it just, I'm just more comfortable that way. I don't, I don't, some of them don't need this big equipment that they have. And one of them, they have a, uh, I have a single server, Hyper-V running the file server and domain controller. I do have a NAS on there that I use for a backup, but it's also doing some file server uh, utilities that I plan to move everything over to it. And I wondered how it would be if I tried to join that to the existing domain. And I did not do that. I was afraid to do it. Oh, I, no, it's that, that's actually one of the easier things to do. Is it? Yeah. So my other question, because my other question, it would be, if I decommissioned the existing domain, how would the Synology react? Would it, is it smart enough to, to pick up whatever roles it needs to and, and realize, hey, I'm the only one left? So in that sense, I, because that I did not do. Right. So that's, I, what, I, that's what scared me about it. I wasn't, because I was looking towards the future and I said that eventually the main guy is going to go away. And if I joined him to there, how how is it going to react? Because I'm not familiar enough with with how its directory services run, and if if it's if it would be comfortable with that. Well, my guess is this, um, because adding it to the domain is different than the directory service. Mm-hmm. So, my first thought is that you would actually join it to the domain, get mm-hmm. all of the domain information, whatever start the directory service in Synology and it will sync all of your active directory stuff. It'll, you know, sync Mm -hmm. up your groups and memberships and all that stuff. Right. But I think what you may have to do is treat it like a new domain and you may have to migrate workstations from the old server to the new server. I I have to check. So if that were the case, then I, I could possibly be more inclined to just eliminate the domain completely and use like profile Wiz to switch all of the workstations to local accounts. Possibly you could do that. Um, but when I, I set when I set up these, uh, computers, I think I did eight of them and I just brought them over to my office. I had the NAS here. I demoted them to basic workstations mm-hmm. and then re-added them to the directory server for the Synology. Mm-hmm. And then I used Fab's auto backup and copied their profiles over so they had all their stuff. So it really wasn't that big of a process. Now that's hmm. that's me disconnecting workstations from an existing server and yeah. the Synology wasn't in that environment to begin with. So that was a 
that was the way I did it. it was I just set up Synology fresh and moved all the workstations over in that situation. I don't know if you, if you add it to the domain that may complicate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'll have to do some more research when I get closer down the road on that. That's, that's still a while in the future. So I'm sure somebody listening at some point can give us their input. So basically I would, I'm going to make a note here. That is a Synology domain migration is kind of what I'm thinking mm-hmm. it would be. So mm-hmm. if anybody has experience with Synology in that type of scenario, uh, reach out to either Ron or myself and let us know how that would happen and if you've done it before. So as I'm looking to eliminate domains in different clients, I'm looking at alternatives to manage those devices. And so I've been playing quite a bit around with um, Intune um, and uh, JumpCloud. Um, especially for ones that um, are Max. I have a few clients that are, are mix, mixes of Max, and so I was looking at JumpCloud for a potential option to try and manage some of them. So I haven't deployed any of them yet, so I don't know if anybody has any insight on JumpCloud or the experience with that either. Um, don't know about you know, JumpCloud. for 10 users. But I know people that are doing Intune, yeah. and they love it. So that uh, that web development company I have, because they have like, there's like 70 employees that they have. And so they have, most of their employees have their own devices and they have a mix of Windows, Mac and a mix of um, uh, Android and iPhones. And so I'm trying to find a way to implement SSO. I Basically what I want to do is make it so that none of their employees can um, can add any of the company resources like Slack, email, uh, things like that, unless the device is first managed. And so that would probably start with an SSO solution, which I was looking at Jump Cloud for a possible solution for them. And then it would handle all the policies, I think. Oh, sounds like you've got yourself uh, some work ahead. Well, I, I've, I've done so much of the testing so far and the research and I just have to, I basically have to wait for the decision makers to decide, you know, what do you want to try? Why do you want, what direction you want to go? Um, but so I'm just kind of sitting in a holding pattern with them, but it would be a fun, I think it'd be a fun little project to, to deploy that out there and see how it goes. All right. Sounds up. I'm, sounds like I'm going to have to have you back for a part two soon. Uh, <laughs> cause one, we'll want to get answers to the Synology question. And two, I want to, uh, hear how things have progressed with uh, with not only your Nernio, but if you actually start this project with the Intune and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. My guess is possibly I'd still be in a holding pattern. But I'm <laughs> hoping to move along with that one. Nerdio and the other stuff, I hopefully have, I'll, I'll have some answers for that. But that one with the, uh, the management of the devices, I'm curious to see where that's going to go to. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, Ron, I want to go ahead and wrap this up and say thank you for hopping on the show and giving us your take on Nerdio and some other things here. Yeah. This is normally the part of the show where we would do a Florida man or random question, but we've been skipping that. And basically what I'm doing now is asking people, what do you think the top Florida man story of the day is? Um. Sorry, I had to get my glasses at drop. Yeah, I'm trying trying to think of something pretty ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have stumped. to be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I'm thinking, trying to think of the headlines that I saw. I don't know. I saw one headline, and it, it wasn't Florida man related, but I saw a headline, and the headline was, it was just a picture of face of a woman, and the title of the article said, "People pay me ten thousand dollars to name their unborn children." <laughs> I was like, "What?" Oh, that's so, interesting. You have you have a new job out there. Wow, ten thousand dollars to name—that doesn't mm-hmm. sound right. No. So here, when I do my search for Florida man for today, mm-hmm. um, here's what comes up as, and I'm just going to read the titles. And if people want to read these stories, I'll have the links in the show notes. I'm, well, I won't have all the links. Um, I'm going to pick one. So yesterday, it was the Florida man arrested after cops find him with drugs, guns, and live alligator during a traffic stop. Okay. And today, Florida man sentenced for nationwide tax fraud scheme. And the first part of the story reads, a Florida man has been sentenced to 51 months in prison for a nationwide tax fraud scheme where over 200 people were involved. Wow. So that's the first one. And then the next one is Florida man impersonates police for a discount at Wendy's. <laughs> that's actually my favorite that's pretty funny so those are the two stories that i will have a link for florida man and if people want to peruse and read so all right ron any last words before we end off the show here uh i don't think so no all right you got me talked out you got me talked out thanks for having me man it's awesome no problem, but on you. You thought you didn't have anything to talk about, and then I can't shut up. And everybody, everybody does that. Everybody, I have nothing to talk about. But I mean, trust me, we all have something to talk about, whether yeah. oh, it's a see, pro- project, I, a client I, story. I know we had on the agenda talking about uh, you know the solo tech stuff, and we didn't even cover that. So, yep, to time, be continued. Time flies. Yep, time flies. Yeah. All right. Once again, I want to say thank you for our sponsors, our presenting sponsor, Net Ally. And you can find them over at netally.com. And our live show sponsor, Computers Done Right. And yep, just that simple, computersdoneright.com. Thank you to both of them. And remember, folks, to go over to techconunplugged.com and get your tickets for the conference this September 16th and 18th, where yours truly will be there enjoying the content with you. If you head over to the page, you'll see we've got some great speakers, some old favorites. We've got a Cronus, Huntress, Tech Marketing Engine, uh, some new people on the on the scene, Threat Locker, and it should be a great, great time there. We will be back next week. I have I have a new guest for the first time on the show. Uh, Sean Lardo is going to come mm. on. And I forget what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be exciting. It'll be is great. He with OIT VoIP. He is was. He, he was with OIT VoIP. Oh. He is. He has now moved on. So we will talk a little oh, okay. bit about that. And uh, I knew the name from somewhere. Yep. So that should be interesting. So that'll be next week, folks. So be sure to join us live for that. For everything else, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. Check out the old shows. Click that follow button in the top right. Make sure you are always alerted when shows are released. 
That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you very much for downloading and subscribing. We'll see you again real soon with another great podcast. But until then, holla.